Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. What's going on with my voice? I don't that know. Was very strange. I was wondering. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Who is this? Everything okay? I think so. Okay. I mean... I think, yeah, I don't know what happened there. Just sort of like frog in your throat kind of a thing. Yeah, it sounded like you had a little frog in your and throat. And like, I just was like, what? I could, as I was talking, my brain was like, what is this? Whose voice is this? What's happening? I mean, I had all the same questions. Ugh, you and my brain are on the same page. And that's great. Wow. Uh, good morning, afternoon. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you... uh care at all about the return of the great british bake-off baking show whatever you'd like to call it depending on your continent and pillsbury's copyright whatever you want to call it we just recapped the first episode it's available in our patreon patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure listen to the recap it's a nice 40 minutes yammering on about what i described as an underwhelming group yeah 
Um, are we gonna? Didn't we say we were gonna put part of it at the end of this episode? I don't remember saying that, but oh. if you did, okay. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad idea. I don't know anything. We can do anything we want. Okay. We're in control of at least our stuff. That's true. Um. Anyway, hope you're all well. Dory, <laughs> welcome back. Thank you. Your trip to New York was a success. Yeah, it was a success. You returned on Monday. I mean, I guess technically Tuesday because it was turned on Tuesday. by the time I got home, it was one a.m. Yeah, I was I was well asleep. I did manage to get up and play golf that morning. I was impressed. I didn't think I was going to, but then when I when I got up and saw that you were there, I was like, oh. Did you did you not think I would return? Oh, I did. I just sort of forgot. Not forgot, but like forgot about golf. Mm, I see. Just because like when you're in, you know, when you're in sole possession of a child. Yes. It's like, well, I'd like to golf, but I technically can't leave the house with a bow in charge. No, I mean, he doesn't have opposable thumbs. Correct. And he doesn't know how to use a phone. I mean, Henry could not get out of his room. Correct. He doesn't think he's strong enough. We have... Which is hilarious. Door thingies on the doorknobs. Yeah, a little, like, just... You had to put your, you know, index finger and your thumb through, and then you can turn the doorknob very easily, but he just spins the... Yeah. ...thing. Thinks he's not strong <laughs> enough. It's very cute. It very is. funny. It is. Okay, so upon your return... Yes. You uh, got back into the swing of things. Yeah, I mean, I mean I literally. Think you, like had a social e- evening. You know, I actually and it, last week ended up being kind of a crazy week. Um, various people were in town. Various people were in town. Your sister. My sister was in town. Uh, one of my best friends was in town. Then two of my other best friends decided to come into town. Yeah. So that we could all hang out with the other best friend. Yes. Matt came. Yes. It was a very lovely dinner, I thought. Uh, it felt, it felt, you know, like if you didn't look out at Sunset Boulevard, it would have felt like we were in New York. Yeah, kind of. You know? Although the tables probably would have been closer together. They would have been closer together, and there would have been uh, more coats. Yeah. More scarves, probably. Yeah. yeah, although it's not really chilly in New York yet. Well, um, the sun has appeared to, I don't know, I'm knocking on wood, but like the weather appears to return to normal. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so, and then I, I had had a previously scheduled social engagement that ended up, I ended up moving it to Friday. So it was just like, I, you know, got home at one in the morning, Tuesday, went out you Tuesday moved, night. Mahjong, you wield that kind of power? To move a mahjong? That's impressive. That is. It's impressive. Like, if I was like, I want to move a poker game, people would be like, no. Well, to be fair, I didn't say I would like to move it. I said, I'm not going to be able to make it. And then... I mean, that's that's even more impressive. That's like a humble brag. Well, Well, if Dory can't make it, why should we even bother? Look. Well, because part of it was that I was bringing two people 
and we had decided I that see. this was going to be the first time that we were going to do two tables of Maj. Whoa. Because a Maj table is four people. You got yourself an evening, huh? Right. So it was like, if I wasn't going to be able to make it, would my other two friends go without me? Probably not. Wow. You know what I mean? So this it was is like, shocking. It's like a whole thing. This is new information for me. Um, we did schedule the next Maj. We also, people expressed interest in learning how to play poker. Okay. So I am teaching some people how to play poker. Okay. I've given you enough books. You should be able to do that. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't think I would be able to teach like a high level poker (laughs) class, but I think I can teach the basics. Some GTO? Sure. Game theory optimal. Yeah, no, I would not be able to do that. But no, that's what I'm saying you're doing. You're probably teaching GTO. Oh, am I? I believe so. What does that mean? You're you're go never mind. It's fine. Wow. Basic strategy. Basic strategy. Yeah. Like how to play a game. Yeah. Not not anything like much more complicated than that. So, you know, this is all part of my grand plan to get more people into poker that I can play with. That's a that's a, I like that. That's an exciting development for you. Um, I envy your your social circle. You know, you know, you could have a social circle. Uh, not last week. You're out every night, mm, except Wednesday. You could have gone out on Wednesday. Uh, the, 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 like the night I recorded. Mm. So stupid. It's marriage. Guys, if you're busy, you'll be busy on opposite nights. Yeah, I think that's usually how it works. Um, so, okay, so that's good. I'm excited for you and your new poker crew. Thank you. So, if you also, yeah, that's nice. Two tables of four, you have an eight, an eight seater at the table. That's good. Right. Yes, exactly. I like it. Um, Raise the stakes. I think we'll keep things low stakes, but raise them. Check, check. I just want to put my mic up a little bit. Oh. Sounded very low to me. Oh, okay. Um, also, could have been the timbre of my voice. So yeah, so that's what's going on over here. No, that's not all that's going on. There's a lot going on. What else is going on? When you came back, Henry likes dance parties now. Oh yes, Henry really loves dance parties with Dita. And they are magical times for sweating profusely. It's hard, guys. Well, his version of a dance party is basically just jumping up and down. It's jumping up and down, but also being lifted into the air by Dita. Yes. For like, you know, it's like a high intensity interval training situation. Where I have to lift him up like... Have you put on your exercise thing when you do a dance session with him and just to see like Oh, it it fills the rings. Like, so my rings funny. are usually full by then anyway cuz it's a later in the day thing. Right. But like it does like the the exercise ring like will close again. Mhm. Mm-hmm, will double mm-hmm. up. Um which is funny cuz like when I, in the pool it would do the same thing. Right. And I guess it's all related cuz it's really all just me carrying and throwing Henry around. Yeah. Yeah which is very funny. He has very specific tastes in his music that I can't, f- I haven't fully grasped yet. Yeah, it's inconsistent. It's a little inconsistent. Um, But, 
yeah, he has a good, he has a, he has a good time. And then, uh, this week also was Henry's first T-ball practice. I know. I was like, class? <laughs> Session? <laughs> Activity? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we signed him up for T-ball. It was very, uh, it was very sweet. And I have to say, he loved it. He took to it. Well, that's also because, like, we were both there, and when he felt like, um, when he felt like it, he could sit and eat his lunch. Right, that's true. <laughs> you could have a little snack break. Um, but it was very funny because, like, they one of the activities was running the bases, and they had out these little rubber bases, and all the kids were running, you know in a line to the bases and Henry was sliding headfirst into every base. <laughs> sliding headfirst. <laughs> Avoiding kids <laughs> by getting his hand in there. He even, he slid to first. <laughs> he slid to second, third, home. The coach would would blow the whistle <laughs> to freeze all the kids and Henry would be like just getting his hand in on the tag. It was very cute. I wish I had pictures of it. Oh, God. Yeah, we really should have. I should have taken a video of it. Uh, I mean, it was so funny. It was I, very cute. I have to imagine he'll do the same thing next week. Um, Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, But it was it was it was nice. I brought my cap, got the battery, my camera charged, took some pictures. The very long lens. Hey, you got some great shots. You also got some good shots of our friends. Well, yeah. It's like, you know, if you're the guy with the camera. You got to take pictures. And you're like waiting for your kid who's in a line behind these other kids. You might as well, if you know these people, take yeah. some photos. Then send them to the parties. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it turns out, everybody, he, he, his, his hitting has, extends to T-ball. He was making the most consistent contact, I think. And hitting the ball pretty far. Yeah. I was very proud. <laughs> well, you're a baseball dad now. He likes, you know, he prefer a moving target. Yeah. He likes the challenge. I think, I think they play T-ball at least through their, through it, like age five, right? I know. Yeah. So he's not going to get a moving ball for quite some time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was great. It was really, it was very. He was also exhausted afterwards. Was he? Yes. He slept. He took a two hour nap. I feel like he just does that. You know what I mean? Mm, I don't know. He was really tired. I think. His new thing on the weekends. I don't know if he said this to you yet during the week, but on the weekends, I hear him in his room and he goes, my eyes are open, Dita. I want to get up now. <laughs> he does not I want to get up because my eyes are open. He does not do that to me during the week. It was very funny. And it's like 6.50. No, he waits for and the I light. I walk in. He waits for go, the light to turn green with me. And he goes, hi, Dita. My eyes are open. <laughs> and I go, hey, Henry. <laughs> what time is it? I'm like, 6.50. Yeah. Okay. I want to make waffles. That's why he wants to get up. And then it's like, I take him out. 
And the, yesterday he had us, uh, he had me set an alarm for 7.15 so mm-hmm. that we could go in his room together and lay on his bed and, and wait for the light to turn green <laughs> at 7.16. <laughs> and then we got back up and went out. Uh, well, yesterday, you know, because we don't have a green light go on for his nap. So it's just usually like when he wakes up and he was like sitting up. He seemed awake. I asked him through the monitor. I said, but are you ready to wake up? And he said, yeah. So I went in, I turned on the light and he was just like sitting there and he looked so sleepy. And I was like, hey, bud. And he was like, hi. And then I was like, do you, do you want to go back to sleep? And he was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I turned off the light and he went back to sleep. Yeah, because I had started a recording with Andy at like 1.40 p.m. And if anyone has ever listened to one of the Star Trek podcasts, they're like two hours long. And I wrapped up the podcast and I went inside feeling bad that I had left Dory alone with Henry and, and wasn't being very helpful, only to find that he had just woken up. <laughs> yeah, you like walked in, like I just gone in his room. Yeah, so I missed nothing. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, That's our week so far. Hope you're all doing well. If you want to write an email, you can do that. DoryMatt at gmail.com. Matt and Dory at gmail.com. Those will both get you to us. 421. Sorry. No. 416. No. 43. No. 100. (laughs) 413. 461. Baby. Yeah, I believe you that. like had all the numbers just like in it's like a whenever I have order. to like remember your phone number, it's a re- it's a repetition of like two numbers over and over again. Mm. And I'm like, what order is this? Yes, I understand. And it's always like I always get that quiz at uh, CVS. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I'm like, eh? yeah. Did I do it right? Who knows? Uh, also, join the Patreon. Listen to some extra fun of us this next couple of months. Thanks, everybody. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks tees and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good look when i open up my uh sock drawer and i see a clean pair of bombas sitting on top not only do my feet sort of jump for joy but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, 
anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is. That's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know those, like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hello, we're back, everybody. Hello. Um, what's happening, Dory? What's happening with our listeners? Well, we have an update from friend of the pod, Ramekin Queer. Mm, good. Inquiring minds wanted to know. Um, are we ready to play a voicemail? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hello, Matt and Dory. Tis I, Ramekin Queer. Y'all, I think we just filled and emptied our last Ramekin. Uh, the goal being two kids and the expiration on IZI having been hit. Um, I... Uh, went to the RE with my spouse recently and like at the beginning of this cycle and she did the thing with the PowerPoint presentation of all the graphs and like the really rude graph that is like by this point, 90% of people your age would be pregnant. So there's basically no point to continuing on doing what you're doing. That's an interesting take. So that means we are entering into the territory of sperm analysis and IUI, which I know doesn't seem like much of a stair step up to heterosexuals, but for those of us who are compulsory users of donor material, Mm -hmm. that means that we shift into having to get um, lawyers and psychologists involved. Mm. The idea of paying a psychologist to sit down, my spouse and I, and my donor and my best friend, respectively, for two hours for all of us to be like, yeah, I don't know, we have a kid, they have a kid, no one feels weird about it, no one feels any kind of way about it at all, actually, it has been very smooth, is obnoxious, um, and having to, like, pay lawyers and all of that stuff, I understand why we have to do it, is not is not an injustice, but it is a deep annoyance, so we are heading into that territory to then bank some sperm and go at it IUI, IVF style 
we don't make any headway this month. So I just thought y'all would want to commemorate my very last ramekin of sperm. Long, long may she reign. May she move on to holding instead from brulee. Uh, thank you so much, ramekin queer. Uh, let me just uh, get this going for you. So long, last ramekin. You'll be missed. You were loved. You did a pretty good job for a while. You could have done better. But we've moved beyond you <laughs> to a more scientific method involving paperwork, time, exorbitant amounts of money, and lawyers. And lawyers. The true American way. Godspeed, Ramekin! All right. Wow, that was... uh... Felt like it needed to be done. Next level. Thank you. Um... All right. Also, I did that on the fly. It's not like I had that ready, everybody. <laughs> you should all be a little more impressed than you are. I am impressed. Um, Matt, do you want to read this email from Anonymous? Sorry, I was in the middle of sounds. I need to read now. Yes. Hello. Hi, Dorian Matt. Hoping you can put out an egg signal for me. I recently had a miscarriage at seven weeks with a PGS-tested normal embryo. My doctor said I could do another egg retrieval with my next cycle or wait another one has anyone gone into egg retrieval after a dnc did you have less success with the cycle so soon after thanks that's from anonymous 2200 square feet two adults science toddler dog cat two costco dogs 55 inch tv and the husband's looking to replace it with a larger one uh thank you anonymous sorry to hear about that miscarriage and uh in regards to the question the egg signal is going out. Has anyone gone into an egg retrieval after DNC? Did you have less success with the cycle so soon after? Head on over to mandoryhgmail.com and provide the answer. And then we will slowly relay it within a week. <laughs> World's slowest message board. Yes. Um, all right. This is from Lindsay. I'm a recent listener to the pod, but in some ways I feel like I'm listening to future me and my spouse. Mm. I'm a TV comedy writer, Jewish, married to a BuzzFeed writer. Adios mios. Non-Jew. I'm also a patient of DKB at CFP and refuse to pay for their valet parking. Solidarity. Last but not least, I'm one of that sweet 3% to be diagnosed with a uterine septum. Whoa, this is like bizarro me. Should we have like dinner with them what's happening (laughs) so with that in mind dory what was the process and overall recovery like from the surgery anything you wish you'd known beforehand now looking back also in an early episode matt missed a biopsy because of the first table draft of the season i feel terrible saying it but i know in my heart i would have made the exact same choice but if it's my body trying to get pregnant i won't have a choice so i couldn't help but wonder how do you think fertility treatments and ultimately parenthood would be different if your careers had been flipped. Interesting. Thank you so much for the podcast and the hilarious slash heartfelt book I'm currently reading. Thanks for waiting. I mean, Dory would probably still have a job. She's better at, you know, 
everything. So how else would it be different? <laughs> okay. Um, well, wait. First, I'm going to answer this question about the hysteroscopy. Um, I don't recall recovery being anything bad at all. Um, the only thing that was very annoying about that particular surgery is to remember. Yes, they lost power. They lost power. <laughs> and I had. I to, remember a lot about that day. Did I have to come back? What did what ended up happening there? Or did we wait and they took? I believe us. we waited and there was like a backup. Right. And then on the way home, we got Starbucks sandwiches. Yeah, I mean, because. I couldn't eat, but then they yeah. let, they told me I could eat. I don't remember. That was a clusterfuck. Um, but the surgery itself was like fine. Um, I just had to wait. Like she wanted me to wait another cycle to make sure that everything had healed is what I remember. But the surgery itself was like totally fine. Um, yeah, that said, Lindsay, if I was a BuzzFeed writer... Oh, boy. What would my angle be? <laughs> uh, would I be the quiz guy? Maybe. What kind of guitar are you? Find out. <laughs> You're a Paul Reed Smith uh, semi-hollow body. Um, I, mean, I like gifts a lot. I probably would have pretty good at gifts. I could make my own gifts, mm, get yes. things done over there. Yes. Do some collabs, I think, with other writers. Probably, maybe people don't collaborate much, do they? Um, yeah, they did. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. There are a lot of collabs. Dory, how would your existence be any different? Um, if I were a TV writer, yeah. Well, I think I would be pretty stressed because TV writing doesn't seem like a an especially like family friendly or flexible job. That's correct. It also depends on on what level you are, and right? And like who your showrunner is, show, etc. So like, but like when we were early in our IVF time, I was a baby writer over there. Anyway, yeah. So you had no flexibility. So I was like, I better go to that. Yeah. Um. But like, as it like got to be later in the run, I would have no problem. Right. Bouncing out. Right. And bouncing back in. Um. But yes, I'm curious about the two of you. Um, yeah, that's so funny. I guess we're not unique. We thought we were, but now we're not. <laughs> Start a podcast, you two. <laughs> um, okay. This is from Anonymous. Could you put the thing back up so I can see how much time we have, please? Thank you. Um, I'm your Denver listener who was doing embryo donation. I'm happy to report that our baby arrived healthy and turned out to be a girl, which was very welcome after two boys. She's seven weeks old and thriving, and we are all very taken with her. We just talk about how cute she is instead of trying to guess who she looks like. My heart goes out to the listener from last week who is looking at being an embryo donor recipient and is, have, and is grieving having a genetic connection to her possible future baby. For me, I was very moved by my husband's connection to my kids from my first marriage. Until he became their bonus dad, he never knew how much he loves being a dad and wanted to start from the beginning. I also draw inspiration from my boy's stepmom. She has kids of her own and found room in her heart to love mine, 
hours to pieces. Could the listener find that kind of inspiration from the non-bio dad who raised her? If they're still close, maybe she could even talk about her fears with him. There are also some good Facebook groups about embryo donation. Funnily enough, like the other letter writer, my husband also... Uh, my, my husband has almost no sense of spell. Mm. He was born with one, but lost in adolescence and no cause has ever been found. I had to install special explosive gas detectors because he can't smell natural gas. And he has trouble telling if our baby is poopy. He likes very spicy food. And I think it's because he can't smell it. And this person also wrote, feel, feel free to omit this part. This no, is no, no. For Matt's See, I already picked up my microphone to go. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I did find it interesting. Um, and this is from Anonymous in Denver. Over 1,700, our 1,700 square feet are feeling a little cramped with five people. Maybe four hot dogs eaten so far. Mm. Good hot dog count. And thank you for the update. Also, thank you for the spicy food notice. Yeah. Appreciate it. I wonder if that makes spicy food less impactful on your taste, but I can't imagine. It must, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe something that's like, it's so spicy, he kind of smells it at like that point. You know what I mean? Right. Like every time I think that um, Chinese restaurant spicy mustard isn't that spicy. And then I have it. I'm like, this is the spiciest thing on the planet. Because mm. it just cuts right through everything else mm -hmm. it's great if you have a stuffy nose <laughs> really clears things out it does yeah um all right thank you for this update anonymous in denver um and this is from michelle hello dorian matt i was listening to the newest episode today between errands and heard katie's email about grieving the end of their fertility journey and possibly moving on to donor embryos. Now that my kids are napping, I just wanted to take a moment to give her some validation of her feelings. It's her. She's back. I just read ahead. Oh. Yes. <laughs> just a refresher on my backstory. We found out my husband is completely sterile after guarding nuclear weapons in the military. The only unanswered egg signal. The only ever unanswered egg signal. So we didn't have any of his genetic material to work with and decided embryo donation slash adoption, EDA, felt right for us. Our twin girls from an FET of three donor embryos are now 10 months old. I did not have any fertility issues, but infertility is very much a couple's disease, and I felt every negative pregnancy test and start of every period very strongly. We never went through IVF or any treatments before my only FET, but I imagine doing multiple rounds with little to no success makes Katie's loss feel even worse. Finding out I would never have genetically linked children was a hard blow to recover from. My husband has a son who was conceived prior to his exposure to radiation, and I was immensely jealous that he saw his own genetic offspring, but I never would. I temporarily wanted to use donor sperm because I wanted to see my genes expressed by my offspring, but that feeling quickly faded when I thought of seeing half me and half some random man and my future children. It took me a couple of years to come to grieve the loss, quote, unquote, and it still pops into my mind at times that I will never see my genes mixed with my husband's, but it doesn't sadden me anymore. It's more out of curiosity, I guess. So Katie, give yourself time to grieve your loss and let yourself feel it. Don't move on with receiving donor embryos if you haven't grieved the, grieved the loss of passing on your genetics to another child. We're humans and long for connection with our own genetic family. It's completely natural and nothing to feel guilty over. 
It doesn't mean that you will love your non-genetic child or children any less than you love your son. I cannot imagine loving genetically linked children more than I love my EDA girls. There are several EDA groups you can join on Facebook to learn more about the process, how other parents feel, open versus closed relationships with donors, emotions associated with moving on from IVF after no success, and just about anything else you want to know. Take this one step at a time and try not to feel guilty about anything. I'll be thinking of you. That is from Michelle in 1,300 square feet in eastern North Carolina with two adults and two EDA babies, one chocolate lab and one calico cat. No hot dogs for the babies because they're too little, but my husband and I have had maybe 10 this year between the two of us. We have a 55-inch TV in the living room, 60-inch in my husband's game room, plus two 24-inch screens on his gaming computer, and a 60-inch in our bedroom. The rare bigger TV in the bedroom than living yeah. room. P.S. Bedroom TVs are for when you want to be extra cozy while you binge watch your favorite shows. We'd fall asleep because we don't watch that the shows until after Henry goes to bed. Yes, we would on a Saturday. percent falls. We would be dead to the world. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for trying to sell us on a TV in the bedroom. I mean, we have a TV in the bedroom. Oh yeah, thank you for trying to sell us on a TV we already have <laughs> on actually watching that it. We never use. Yeah. <laughs> Only if like one of us is sick. Does it ever go on? Yeah, when you had COVID, you really took advantage of the oh, TV yeah. in the bedroom. Oh, yeah, PlayStation into it. Yeah. Got real good at golf on the, on the PlayStation because I couldn't play it in real life. <laughs> um, thoughts? Um, I mean, my thoughts are that it's very kind of her to write in to tell Katie to do what you got to do. Take the time. Grieve. Yeah. I don't, you know, and I'm, I'm like, in regards to, so you're asking, like, in regards to our situation? Mm, no, I'm just asking. we have a genetic child. Yes, I, I... And he's really good at baseball. Yes. Thank you. Doesn't mean I wouldn't take a non-genetic child who's really good at baseball. <laughs> that would be the one uh, criteria. I think of utility uh, outfielder Rob Refsnyder for the Red Sox, who uh, was adopted with his sister from uh, South Korea, and uh, is really good at baseball. There you go. Matt just wants another child who's really good at baseball. I want to get a platoon going, you know? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, are there are there many siblings who play in the major leagues? Yeah. I mean, many is a... Relative term, Relative sure. term. So, I mean, I, I, I feel like whenever I Google this, it just spits out the uh, all-time numbers or something like that. Mm, not the current players? Yeah. I mean, I'm just curious. Every set of MLB brothers. There have been, over the length of baseball, 436 siblings. Sets of siblings. Wow. That's more than I would have thought. Yeah, but that's going back to, I mean, 18 something. So there you go. Hmm. Okay. Thank you for that. You're welcome. All right. We are going to take a little break we'll and right we'll be right back. Back. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, we're back. Hello. What's new out there? Any new siblings out there playing baseball? Let us know. Um, Matt, do you want to read this next uh, email? This is from Jane? Yes. Hi, Dory and Matt and Henry and Bo and Holly. It's a real... I think that's the first time Holly's ever gotten a shout out. It's been real. It's a real knowledge of like the Sunday recording process. Yeah. <laughs> Writing in to answer the, list, the listener who asked what to say when people make comments about, well... This is a quote, you don't have kids, end quote. As someone who struggled with four years of infertility, I'm sorry, rather, fertility treatments, uh, ending up with no success, I have heard this comment so many times. And amazingly, it happens uh, a lot at work, of all places. People make assumptions, if you're doing well in your career as a woman, that you must have chosen that road over not having kids, like some 90s notion of ball-busting career-driven woman who isn't interested in family of any kind, I guess it never occurs to people that maybe you threw yourself into your work as a distraction. Anyway, getting off that soapbox. I decided about six months ago to stop taking the bullet on comments like that. And my answer is simply, you shouldn't say things like that. You never know what people have been through. Oh, that is pretty good. It's enough uh, information that they get the hint without me having to go into detail on what we've endured. It's worked pretty well so far. It generally ends up with a person being contrite and not asking follow-up questions. I hope that helps. Jane, 1,400 square feet, Toronto. Fall's almost there. Husband and their cat, no hot dogs. Vegetarian ones are gross. One TV, only 48 inches, but it's OLED. So it's pretty. Wow. Thank you, Jane. That's a, that is a good response. Yeah. I like it. It's nuanced. Yeah. Subtle. And it. I'm sure it really shuts people up. Yeah. That's what we like to do here. Shut people show. up. Just shut up about it, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you, Jane, for writing in. Um, all right. Along those lines, we have a voicemail. Hi, this is a pause the pod situation. Mm. Um, I'm calling in response to TL, I believe was her name. She was calling about being 50 and like not having kids and all the rude comments. And I am 100% with Matt on this one. I would be like, oh, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. That feels real, real good. Or um, anything really super passive aggressive that you can say with a smiling face to either continue having a relationship with said person, but also getting your point across. Because those people can just, you know, eat a bag of dicks. Um, yeah, my name is Liz. I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, 2,300 square foot house. I have a two and a half year old science kiddo. Two giant 95 pound dogs. Um, we have like three or four televisions, but only one plugged in. And it's 75 inches um so many 
Costco hot dogs and um, trying to think of all the stats. And I'm an Admiral Club member. I don't know. Oh, Bye. nice. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> she left five star review. Oh. I wonder if she meant President's Circle or if she meant Admiral's Club. Either way, I thank her greatly. Um, I mean, anytime someone leaves a voicemail where they say, eat a bag of dicks, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. I'm on board with your attitude. I like it. Um, okay. This is from Veronica. You were talking about Henry's need to shred something. Maybe that could be redirected towards something else. My almost three-year-old loves and has always loved tissues, particularly shredding them. She will pull the layers apart and then methodically tear them into tiny strips. And she always feels very proud of herself for this and will also then often make something with them by weaving them together or play with them or throw them on the floor. It's a bit annoying and messy, but at least she isn't destroying something we care about. So we let her do it. It's a good sensory outlet. I hope one of these things helps you or someone else. I've given my stats before, except for my TV size, which is 50 inches, 53 inches, something like that, which seemed huge to me when we got it. But now I see everyone else's TVs. I realize it's not, but it's big enough for our small house. And that's from Veronica in the New Jersey suburbs of Philly. Uh, thank you, Veronica. Uh, he, it's kind he, of reaching a breaking point. He has a tissue in his bed. That's the thing. It's hilarious. Like he takes a tissue and doesn't do anything with it. And he rips books apart. Mm-hmm. And he like asks for books that he can rip apart. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of at a loss. We have stopped fixing the books. That still doesn't seem to deter him. He does not seem to care. Yep. Um, so I think I'm going to just take away like some of his like favorite books and like put them away. So he doesn't Mm -hmm. totally destroy every like book he has. (laughs) Yeah. I do wonder if there's like, um, some kind of, uh, alternative, like a, like a notebook, some cardstock, something like this. Something. Anyway, let us know in the comments if you have any ideas. He needs like it's the it's the board book, so like he likes to peel away the glossy glued to the board page. Mm-hmm. So, all right, okay. Well, Ron, our friend Ron from Lafayette, Louisiana, yes. wrote in to say. After listening to your latest episode where you guys talk about Henry peeling apart board books and posting, positing that it is a sensory thing, I thought about when my kids did that when they were younger and remembered someone suggested strips of double-sided Velcro or hook and loop that you could stack together and then they could peel apart and still get the same sensation with the resistance and the sound, but then stick it back together again. If you got multiple colors, it would also make it more appealing. I never got around to trying it, but it seemed like a good idea. I thought I could pass along. Hope all is well. Can't wait to hear the next one. Ron, 1,880 square feet, four bedrooms, two and a half baths, two adults, nine kids. (laughs) Welcome, baby Sean. One dog, lost count of hot dogs, but not that many. Three 32-inch TVs and a Roku projector. Ron, you never cease to amaze me. Yep. I don't... Would Henry be into Velcro? I don't know. I mean, we could try it, I guess. 
We gotta try something. We gotta try something. You wake up every morning and it's like you, there's a shredded book on the floor. Yeah. It's a bummer. <sighs> so thank you. Okay. Well. Yes. We have this email from Katie. We sure do. About twins. And twins. Remember that? No. Okay. Longtime listener have written in a few times over the years in response to the twin discussion. Here are some thoughts from a twin parent who also has twins as well as an important twin PSA. Other people refer to my almost three-year-old sciency boy-girl twins as the twins. Obviously, my two are fraternal. My identical twin sister and I were constantly referred to as the twins until about age 25 when our lives became very different due to, due to geography, life, and career choices. We hated it. And it happened at a much higher rate than my kids currently get it. It was a huge challenge for my sister and I to be seen as separate people by others. We both got lumped in with one another as kids. We ended up with mostly the same friends and never had separate birthday parties, just separate cakes. Good on the twin parents that get on the parties early and have the energy to organize them. School. My mom had us in separate classes as soon as we were in kindergarten. At preschool, she realized it was better to separate us so we could see ourselves as individuals. Already see this in my two. My daughter is constantly running interference for my son's toy stealing behavior. When a kid complains about the toy being stolen by my son, my daughter goes and gets the kid another toy to make amends. PSA. My sister and I did not find out we were identical until age 37. What? When we did a genetic test, we had separate sacs and placentas, which the OB said meant we must be fraternal. At 37, after reading an article about other signs of being identical, specifically having the same blood type and looking very similar until age four, we got tested. Since we were born over 40 years ago, IVF has shown you can transfer one embryo. It splits very early, and each fetus will have their own sac and placenta called dichorionic slash diamniotic, DCDA. There are still OBs that do not know this. My interesting. own OB, when I had my son and daughter, didn't know this and would not listen when I said they could be identical, even though they were DCDA. This was before we found out their sex. Other tips for twin parents. Don't rhyme their names. Might be cute for you, but terrible for them. Even if they look nothing alike, it still creates a sense your kids are a unit. Matching clothes are fun, but not constantly. Again, it encourages the world to see these kids as one. End of twin rant. Katie from Toronto, previously Turkmenistan and Dubai, living in a 2,400 square foot house with husband, almost three-year-old, sciency, conceived during my canceled fifth egg retrieval. Toddlers, too many hot dogs this year, a very low quality account. 165-inch TV in the living room and never a TV in the bedroom because it is terrible for sleep and our relationship. I feel like I fall asleep faster. <laughs> yeah, probably. Me too. Um, okay. Well, look, this is fascinating to me that you didn't know that you were identical twins with your sister until you guys got genetically tested at 37 years old. Yeah. Wow. Some, And also, I love that there needed to be an article wrote written about other signs of being identical yeah i had my suspicions identical twin <laughs> um all right we also got a uh, an email from someone who said hey you two totally love your podcast have learned so much i'm a fraternal twin and i've been referred to as the twins my entire life mm. not so often now that i'm 57 years old but it still is a thing noted mm-hmm um, all right. Do you want to read this email from Ariana? Sure. If you have a ton of emails, free, free, feel free to skip this one. <laughs> Guess what? We don't. 
Uh, I've, if you're interested in anosmia, I can taste food. I know there is paper, a paper about why people who are congenitally anosmic can taste, but for the life of me, I can't find it. I find subtle tastes are lost on me. Tea just tastes like hot water. <laughs> and spicy stuff often just tastes hot rather than whatever the spice is. That's what I was suspecting. Mm-hmm. My friends once got some durian candles and they all gagged immediately due to the smell. I find them quite tasty. One of the tests they perform, or did 30 years, 30-ish years ago, to test if you can't smell is to rip open a packet of rubbing alcohol right under your nose, see if you have a reaction to it. There are certain chemicals, specifically methanol and ethyl alcohol, that do cause a sort of smell reaction. I find stuff like hand sanitizer to be particularly overwhelming. It sort of sticks in my nose, and my nose starts to feel cold. Interesting. Hmm. Blame my inability to cook on my inability to tell if something is burning until I can see it turning back. That's a good point, too. I can bake because that's all science. Major pitfalls are accidentally drinking spoiled milk. Only done this twice. (laughs) Not realizing the gas on the gas stove is still running. The flame isn't present. There's a book and later a movie called Perfume about a serial killer. It's really interesting to me because it was described scent in a way I had never heard before. I often drive my husband bananas... Because if he says something smells bad in the house, I'll ask him where the smell is. As though it can be pinpointed immediately, like with sight. I hope that was entertaining. It was, Ariana. It did open my eyes to your nostrils. <laughs> um, it does it. That does it, everyone. Great episode, Dory. Thanks. Way to go. Thanks, Matt. Great uh, episode. 10 out of 10. Uh, please support us on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. We're, we're recapping every episode of uh, Bake Off started today. Um, also, if you are support us at the $5 level or above, you get your name right on the podcast each month. You can also get the back catalog of the Patreon episodes if you support us there. That's So thank you to Laura. Laura Dodge. Laura Vals. LFB. Liesel. Wait, sorry. Liesel. Uh, Lindsay Gish. Linnea Wynn. Lisa Travis. Martin Hedegard Peterson. Marina Breed. Sure. Megan Nelson. <laughs> Megana Prasad. Melinda Phelps. Michael Roth. Mike Zydek. Mike Kim and Leo. Molly. Mariah Adamic. Nancy Powell. Nikki Bossert. Pamela Wong. Paul Sharp. Paula. Penny from Massachusetts. Robert Hamilton. Robin Kay. Sadie Massa. Sam from Espoo. Sarah Dauberman. Sarah Dauberman. Sarah Friedman. Sarah L. Sarah Swift. And Sherry Olson. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget to check out our stuff over on Patreon. Bye. Ready? Set. Bake.